passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another episode of Thunderstruck, our look back at some of the greatest matches in the career of one Jushin Thunder Liger, uh, as picked by each and every unique standalone guest. And uh, I'm very excited about today uh, because I'm going to be chatting for the first time with someone who uh, I, whose work in podcasting I, I deeply respect. Uh, he's a member of the Post Wrestling family. He does a, a podcast uh, with uh, my good friends Martin Bushby and Benno, uh, the British Wrestling Experience. This is Jamie. Jamie, how are you? Jamesy, sorry. How are you, sir? I'm very well, WH. As we were saying before we got on the line, we should probably apologize to listeners in advance. We're both quite tired for different reasons. It's very early in the morning where you are, and it's very late at night where I am. But we'll, we'll, as we said earlier, we'll channel the power of Liger to help us to power through this podcast. Well, you have the benefit of coffee. I do not. But I... Yes. I'm excited. Yes. You are my coffee, Jamesy. You're you're the, your voice. Yes, I'll the, be your coffee. The Irish lilt is just making me energizing <laughs> me, and I, I get the caffeine <laughs> It's 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 amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. As I said, we, and we have a good match to talk about. I think a match that that itself will be enough to energize us. Yeah. So before we get into the match itself, let's give a little bit of background on you as a wrestling fan. And particularly, like how you got uh, maybe interested in Japanese wrestling and in Jushin Liger. Okay, so my my childhood growing up would would have been like a lot of people in Ireland would have been very much WWF centric. I mean, WWF as as it was at the time, WWE was the only show in town in terms of wrestling on TV. Like like I'm I'm not a young man, WH. I'm not like some of these young whippersnappers you have on this podcast. I'm a man in his late thirties. So my like I I can go all the way back to like the, the first big feud that I remember people like in school talking about would have been. Um, Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. So you're going back to WrestleMania five for, in my recollection, you know, way, way back. And it wasn't until I suppose I got internet access and until I, I actually left home and went to college at the end of the nineties into the early two thousands that my kind of my wrestling horizons were kind of expanded a little bit. Like I would have been aware of WCW, but I wouldn't have been aware of somebody like, like I would have known the bigger guys in WCW, like your, your Vader, your Sting, all those guys. But Liger and Japanese wrestling would have been completely alien to me. And um, it was only when I discovered the internet, I suppose. And I started, I, I would have been in college and kind of reading the results of Raw from the night before and that kind of thing and reading about the pay-per-view results. And 
as you do on the internet, you kind of stumble across review across review websites. Um, and the the guy I always credit for kind of the first person who broadened my horizons was you probably know him, um, the great Iron Furious from the UK, who's who's been the kind of a, a big name online in terms of writing reviews now for quite some time. And I found a, um, a huge archive of his reviews. And he was reviewing the likes of ECW, which I didn't know. And Ring of Honor was just starting up kind of in 2002. So he was starting to write reviews of that. And then I found, and like you would read his reviews and like a lot of the star ratings would be maybe, you know, they'd be maxing out at maybe three and a half to four stars and that kind of thing with the odd one, maybe above four stars. And then I'd come to these reviews of these Japanese wrestling shows and all of a sudden, I was seeing star ratings of four and a half, four and three quarters, five stars. And this kind of piqued my curiosity a lot. Like, what was this amazing wrestling that that, that, blown, that was blowing this guy away? And um, the, he, he, and he would also kind of, when he'd write his reviews, he, he would kind of give a little plug to the person he was getting his, his tapes, as it would have been at the time from. And like, you know, this is, this is back, like a lot of our younger listeners mightn't realize that there was a time when VOD wasn't a thing. And, and there was a time when we kind of had to make a bit more effort to, to, to get to watch our wrestling. And, um, you had to buy tapes basically from tape traders. And I remember my, my first ever purchase, it was from a guy in Scotland. And I was a poor student who had very little spare spare money. And um, I had to go to the post office to get what was called a postal order. I don't know if you guys have those. Like a, um, like a money order, where, right? Basically, you give yeah, the post exactly. office money and they give you like kind of basically yeah. a certified check. Yeah, like because I was a student, I didn't have a credit card. So I couldn't use a credit card to buy these tapes online. So I had to go to the post office and give them my, I think I gave them maybe it was 20 euro. And I got four, was it four tapes I got for 20 euro? And my first purchase from this guy in Scotland, and I remember it vividly, I got the best of Masawa five star bouts. I got two ring. I got two Ring of Honor shows, which we probably shouldn't be talking about. Highly illegal to be buying tapes of Ring of Honor shows that 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 were bootlegs from the originals. And the fourth one I got was was the Super J Cup from nineteen ninety four, and oh, that might be a little hint as to might be a little hint to people as to what we were a match we might be talking about later on. And the, the funny thing was at the time I was living in um, in Trinity College in Dublin, which is a, a college that's it's a third level college that's in, in right in the centre of Dublin city. And I lived in the dorms of this college, basically. But to get a package in the post, you had to go over to the porter's office at the front desk. So I got a message uh, in, in my I had ordered these tapes. And it took, they usually took about two to three weeks to arrive. So I got, I got a little note in, in, in under my door one day to say that uh, there was a package waiting for me in the porter's office. So I wandered over to get this package from him anyway. And like, it was very obvious that they were videotapes in this package. When, when you looked at it, it was four videotapes stacked on top of one another. And the porter kind of was, I had to sign for them and that kind of thing uh, and show him ID to show, to prove that I was who I was and that kind of thing. And this guy is handing over these tapes to me and he's kind of giving me a bit of a nod and a wink. And I kind of thinking, why, why, why is this guy? Why is this guy? You know, that's a weird way to behave. And it was only later when I was telling a friend of mine, 
he probably thought I was importing porno tapes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's giving you the wink and the nudge because guess what? He's, he's been doing the same thing, right? But for porno <laughs> tapes. It, like, yeah. And I was like, and it was only when I talked to a friend of mine later, I realized that's what the guy was on about. And I was like, I nearly felt like going back over and saying, no, no, you've got the wrong end of the stick. And then I realized it's probably more weird to be importing Japanese wrestling tapes than to be importing porn tapes. And it's probably better to kind of let him live in, let him live in ignorance. I think that's what I was doing rather than buying these tapes of wrestling from Japan, you know? Uh, so that's, that's don't, don't shatter his dream. He's probably living vicariously through you. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm surprised he didn't ask me where I got them, actually. surprised he didn't ask you to get, like, a, a copy of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I borrow one of those tapes? He probably would have got some shock if I'd given him the tape of the Jacob. He'd be thinking, that's not what I signed up for. Uh, you just give him the, the, the ROH one, and, uh, you know, like, there you go. Like, Special K. Oh, what? what's this? Oh. Special K. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> that's amazing. Like, my own story of, like, I'm not going to go deep into it, but my own story of getting to Japanese wrestling really mirrors yours, and, like, it's it's based on like reading about these names like actually my my discovery of japanese wrestling wrestlers was in an after mag was was inside oh, wow. okay uh, like you know because i'd follow like the results and inside wrestling this is one of the after mags inside wrestling always had the champions of all the other companies including mexico and japan and i'd see all these names oh the, the road warriors are the the the, the nwa international tag team champions in from and they won it from who? The Rock and Roll Express, the Russians. Oh uh, no, uh, Ricky Choshu and Jinichiro Tenru, or something like that. They weren't ever a team, but just throwing those names out there. But I was like, who the fuck are these guys? And then I'm like, wait, All Japan Pro Wrestling, Pacific Wrestling Federation. What? What? What is PWF? New Japan IWGP. What? What the hell is this stuff? And then I just dove in. I was like, there's wrestling in Japan. There's wrestling outside of North America. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. And then I got this book called, I think it's called Wrestling Almanac. And it was like 1990, I'm going to say it's like 1996 or something because like they're talk, they're waxing poetically about Misawa and Tawe and Kawada. And I'm reading these names for the first time in my life and, and like something published by, you know, the Stanley Weston Publishing Company. And I'm just like freaking out. And then I get into tape trading. I, I get my first tape, not from some guy in Scotland, but from some guy in Toronto, Dan the Mouth Lavransky, who did the live oh, wrestling yeah. podcast yeah. Uh, radio show with Jeff Merrick. And I met those guys. And that's how, you know, that's how I got involved with post wrestling to this day and blah, blah, blah. I met John Pollock when he was 16, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, I don't want to go on about that, but yeah, it's very similar to you, James E. And, and, and this is one of those shows also that I, I got into the super J cup 94. So with that being said, uh, what match are we going to review today? So we're reviewing this, one of the semi-final matches of that tournament um, between Jushin Thunder Liger and the great Sasuke. Yes, and this is on uh, April 16th, 1994, uh, the Super yes, J Cup 1994. And as you said, it's, a, it's one of the semi-finals and it's emanating from Ryogoku Kokugikan, a.k.a. Sumo Hall. And uh, James, give us, give us a bit of a background on the tournament and on this uh, and the great Sasuke, if you could. Okay, so like if we're talking about Liger and, you know, this whole podcast series, I suppose, is is aimed at talking about the greatness of Liger and celebrating his 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 career and that kind of thing. And like one of the great things about Liger was his influence. And um, the whole the idea of the Jacob was Liger's brainchild. You know, it was something that he always wanted to do where he wanted to he wanted to kind of highlight the junior heavyweight division in in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And there had never been... A, a show 
put on by New Japan that was solely kind of containing um, junior heavyweight wrestlers. So he had the idea of, of a one night tournament and he tried to assemble a kind of a, a cast of the best junior heavyweights he could in Japan with a particular eye on maybe um, highlighting guys who wouldn't be known by the wider public. You know, so um, he ended up putting together a one night tournament um, with 14 wrestlers and it's, you know, it, reading it now, like it's a who's who of, of kind of wrestlers of the time, you know. So you had Black Tiger, who was Eddie Guerrero. You had um, Wild Pegasus, who was Chris Benoit. You had Dean Malenko. You had Gato. You had Hayabusa. You had Great Sasuke. Uh, you had Negro Casas from Mexico. Takamichinoku, Super Delphin. You know, the list goes on, you know. And if you look, look at that lineup and look at what those guys went on to do in their careers, you know, but... A lot of the guys in the tournament maybe wouldn't have been like the, the, the likes of Hayabusa and the likes of Sasuke wouldn't have been as well known maybe um, in 1994. Um, and this was Liger's way of kind of showing off these guys and their talents. So it was run in, in conjunction. It was mainly new, like the most of the... Re- the most well-represented company were New Japan and they were the host promotion. But you also had Michinoku Pro, you had Wrestling Association R, which is the former wrestling and romance promotion run by Tenryu, FMW, CMLL, um, you know, so I, you know, a lot of smaller kind of promotions again that maybe wouldn't have been as well-known were kind of promoted here as well. And Sasuke himself, um, Sasuke is... It's it's hard to, I was trying to have a think about Sasuke earlier, like, you know, it, like obviously when we talk about Liger, we talk about one of the greatest of all time, you know, a, a legend of, of, of wrestling. I don't know, would you call Sasuke one of the greats of all time, but I suppose, would you describe him maybe as more of a cult hero kind of WH, like he's very much a kind of a Sabu type figure where he's, you know, he, he may not be the greatest wrestler of all time, but he does things that really stand out to people, you know. So to, to my mind, Sasuke would be one of the craziest bumpers of all time, um, one of the great sellers of all time, an amazing high, one of those fearless high flyers, a bit like Sabu, like who just seemed to have no regard for his own personal health or safety when he was, you know, when when, when Sasuke went for it, Sasuke went for his big time, you know, uh, to the point where he suffered some terrible injuries in the ring. Like I believe he fractured his skull um, on two separate occasions while wrestling. Um, he is one of the founders of Michinoku Pro, um, later in his life, he went on to be a member of the Japanese government, I believe. So a kind of a, a guy with a, a very interesting life and a very kind of uh, a, a very eclectic career, you know, and to the point that he was even on Joey Janela's spring break there on WrestleMania weekend, only kind of it was a, the year before last, you know. So a, a guy who's a big name in wrestling, as I said, maybe not on the same legendary status as Liger, but none the hell, none, none, nonetheless, I would say, a kind of a cult hero. Would you kind of agree with that assessment of him? I think it's a fair assessment of him. He's definitely not someone I would put in like my list of the greatest of all time, because I think mm. there was like a window of his career where like he was an amazing wrestler. He's one of the best high flyers, as you're saying, and he's, a, he's actually a really good technical wrestler as well. Like I think it's a really underrated part of his, of his repertoire is like how good of a like submission wrestler he can be. And he did some amazing looking like, you know, joint locks and, and submission moves. But I mean that, that window closed very quickly, like for him because of various reasons, like part, part of it is like racking up injuries. Part of it is like his own sabotage of his own legacy by work doing like you know things that people weren't necessarily expecting like you know i think there's like some stuff he did with like fmw before it closed uh you know he like 
and he got arrested for different things and he got he went to the That's Japanese nice, yeah. the diet and all this stuff and then and now he's just kind of like this comedy wrestler like people will you know like in 2019 you know he's he's a he's kind of a meme wrestler in some respects like there's some yeah. stuff that goes out on the internet on twitter or like it's just gifs of him doing stupid shit and it's like oh he's the greatest still and it's like yeah okay i mean that's that's your that's your type of wrestling it's fine people can like what they want it's not for me i mean i just think to myself i just shake my head i'm like yeah okay I, I'm, I'm gonna go back to watching you know michinoku pro from 1993 to, to 95 and and I'll watch like this this tournament. Um, one thing I want to make a note about in the Super J Cup '94 is like Liger himself just went out there and because he booked this show, he he decided yeah. who went who went over who and like in his own performances. I really thought it's so evident. Like this is such a perfect case of like the the generosity of Jushin Thunder Liger, like how mm. unselfish he is. Like the yeah. match with Hayabusa, he 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 goes through the match with Hayabusa in the first round, but he gives. Hayabusa so much in that match that I was so surprised like because Hayabusa comes from a deathmatch company which New Japan is not a fan of and this is FMW of course but like Liger saw something in Hayabusa and I and I believe they were friends at that around that time but like the the amount of selling he does for Hayabusa is just unbelievable before he eventually goes through that match but he so we talk about the other semi-final match is 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 Chris Benoit uh, Wild Peg is a New Japan junior heavyweight, one of the one of the top guys in that company in that division, and he goes into the semifinals with Ghetto. And if you and Ghetto is a great worker back in '94, but if you ever saw Ghetto, you'd be like, "Whoa, this guy's in the semifinal because he looks like shit." Okay, he's wearing pajamas. <laughs> he he's got this god awful like Shaolin style fucking ponytail. Looks complete like fucking trash. Like he looks like you know. And I'm using this as a quote, like indie trash. That's what he looks like, okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if whatever connotations that that brings up in your mind, that's what he looks like. But he's a great worker, and and Jason Liger realizes this, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna get this guy into the semifinals, and I, he he would push him even further in the '95 one. Uh, but I think yeah. I think someone else booked that one. I think Dragon booked the '95 one. So, but this one, he went to the semifinals with with like you know Wild Pegasus, like their top Gaijin. It'd be like if who am I, what would be the best thing? I'm trying to think. Some indie guy going to the semifinals against Will Ospreay in, in, in Sumo Hall. Doki. Doki. It's fucking great, yeah. Doki going to the semifinals against Will Ospreay of this tournament. And on the other side is like, I don't know, uh, Shigo Takagi is a junior against, uh, I don't, I'm trying to think, uh, uh, who, who else is good? I You know, like, Taiji Shimori. Okay, so that's one bracket. It, Takagi and Ishimori over here, and then Will Ospreay versus fucking Doki. Oh, okay, but you know, but they're giving, they'd be giving, you could tell, like, okay, the company's behind him. So Liger is behind yeah. him. And then here's the thing, like, he put over Sasuke, like, in the whole tournament is just based around great Sasuke, get this guy over. And I, I think to some degree, by, by extension, get his company, Michinoku Pro, over because it's a very Absolutely. regional. Yeah. Very regional promotion, but you see Takas and in, in Sasuke's corner in this match, and and it's just it's just like Super J Cup '94 is just like one of those things where like you people don't realize how great of a booker Jushin Liger is. Like I always amazed that he he never became like the full full head on booker or just stayed the booker of the junior division. But I've been told like it's not something he wants to do because he doesn't want to deal with the, the politics, and I, I can't blame him for that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And like I, I, I was I was watching the, and I had a little look at some of the other matches in the show um, in the last few days leading up to the podcast. And like I just you're looking at it and you're thinking, God, what a different era of wrestling like it is, you know, like like if, if New Japan, like look at the last time New Japan did, did this, did the J-Cup in in Japan that one they did maybe three or four years ago. And basically it ended up just being all the New Japan guys in the semifinals and all the guys they brought in from the smaller promotions got jobbed out basically and they were there to put the New Japan guys over. And here, like like even, even the matches Liger puts himself in, like he wrestles the two FMW guys and the guy from Michinoku Pro. So he wrestles Hayabusa and makes Hayabusa. Like to my mind, that's the first high profile match of Hayabusa's career. You know, like he really, really makes that guy then Ricky Fuji in the next round kind of gives him a little bit of a bump just by being in the ring with him. And then Sasuke in the semi-final, you know, and like it just it just wouldn't happen now that New Japan would be so generous to these smaller companies now. Like, you know, it, it really felt like Liger was acting in the best interest of wrestling overall by booking this tournament and wanting to bring every like, you know, he, he was kind of looking at it from the point of view of we're going to bring everyone up with us because if we all come up together, then, you know, it's going to help us all out. Whereas nowadays you feel like New Japan would just kind of work in New Japan's own interest. And I, I think it goes to a point you made earlier, like he he really cares about the junior heavyweight division or the junior heavyweight scene in Japan. Like he cares about like because mm. his his own life story of like getting into wrestling is like he was, you know, they said, you're too small. We can't use you. And then, OK, That's right. you're not yeah. going to take me to the New Japan dojo. He went to Mexico to train. And the story goes like, you know, New Japan officials went to the 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 CMML dojo that's where he was he was training and they took pity on him because he was starving because <laughs> he had starving, no money starving yeah and they said yeah. okay you can you can come back with us to Japan we'll we'll accept you into the dojo and, and the rest is history right so I think for him this this idea like I'm too small to be like into your dojo because you don't respect people of my size like he's not that small either like but for that time the 80s he he was right so I think for him it's like this is like I'm gonna show people of my weight class of my style of wrestling can be uh, box office draws. And I'm going to prove that. And he did with this show. He proved exactly because it was running head to head against, I think a Budokan show held by all Japan at the same day. So That's right. That's right. Yeah. And like they drew 11 and a half thousand to this show. Like it, 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 it did great business, you know, and just to go back to what you were saying, WH about Liger being rejected. First of all, I was just doing a bit of reading about, um, about Sasuke earlier. And I never realized that he had actually applied to get into the new Japan dojo and was turned down by them. And he had to go elsewhere to, to kind of train as a wrestler and that kind of thing. And you kind of wonder, did, did did Liger look at him and kind of see a kindred spirit, you know, a, a small guy who kind of was, you know, was told he would never make it and kind of saw a bit of himself in Sasuke almost. And kind of maybe that that kind of plays into why he kind of decided to help him out and kind of give, you know, elevate him and give him this big push in the tournament. I think there's definitely something to that. It's, it's just it's just something that Jushin Liger has done throughout his career, because like in previous episodes, I've reviewed like. You know, the tag match he has with uh, Takahiro Murahama uh, from Osaka Pro Wrestling in the early 2000s. And like, and they have this amazing tag match. And we're, you know, in on a big Osaka Pro Wrestling like show in, in Eddie Honor, in, uh, no, sorry, not Eddie Honor, in, in Osaka Joe Hall. 
And this is Osaka Pro is like this really small indie, but he would go to these shows to help these guys out because like he believed mm. in them. And this is funny enough that Osaka Pro Wrestling is is an offshoot company of Michinoku Pro. It's a company started by Super Delphin, who was a Michinoku Pro guy, mm. but after a falling out with Sasuke, which is a very very common story by the way in wrestling, is oh these guys had a falling out with Grey Sasuke, who is the owner and booker of Michinoku Pro. Yeah. Why is that? Oh well, Sasuke wouldn't put put anyone else over. He just keeps himself on top. Oh okay, so he's like every other wrestler promoter in the history of wrestling i see okay but this is like the history of jason liger like i'm gonna get this guy i'm gonna get these other people and other promotions when he was the open the dream gate champion for for dragon gate he did his best to like when he was doing title offenses and when he i think trying to remember who he eventually put over i think it was shima don't yell at me if that's wrong but whoever he put over he put that person over strong he made that that belt stronger so like he mm-hmm. he does not look at it as like i'm doing you guys a favor he's like how can i help you that's his mentality and the funny thing is it, it doesn't tarnish his legacy one bit like you know and, and nobody looks at Jushin liger and kind of you know the way the, the, these wrestlers some wrestlers are so protective of, of of their reputation and so protective of themselves that they won't take pinfalls and they think it will tarnish you know, their aura or something like that. Like nobody, nobody, Liger's greatness isn't diminished in anyone's eyes because he put people over. You know what I mean? Like I, I had the great honour and privilege of actually getting to see Liger wrestle in person here in Dublin in Ireland earlier this year in OTT. And he came over and he put over Scotty Davis. Uh, like, you know, Scotty Davis is an up and coming wrestler in Ireland. We're all very high in him here in Ireland, but he, he's a relative no nobody in terms of the worldwide scene. Liger comes over to Dublin and has like we were all in shock when he put him over. We like we just assumed we're so used to New Japan wrestlers coming in and just pinning our own talents. You know, it's what happens when they come to the UK for the most part. It's what happens when they come to Europe. They don't tend to take pinfalls. And here's Liger comes to the country for the first time and puts over an 18 year old kid. You know, and that's that that's the mark and the measure of the man. And like to me, that enhances his greatness rather than diminishes from it. Oh, definitely. That's what I was gonna say. Is like it, if anything, his his like generosity like is is something that enhances his reputation and makes him mm, more of a legend yeah. than like a lot of other people 100%, of yeah. this generation like who wouldn't do business with people whether they're from Japan or from the United States or or Canada or the UK or from Mexico like there's a lot of selfish wrestlers out there like there's oh, yeah. there's there's like many there's many mill masquerades out there there's very few Jason Lakers <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, uh, that's all I'm yeah. going to say about that. Uh, so let's get into the match, Jamesy. So uh, we start the video on New Japan World. At least I did. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you dug out your old tape. I do not have access to my my DVD of this show. It's back home in Toronto. Um, but Liger's out first. And uh, no, sorry. Uh, Sasuke is introduced first. They're, they're all in the ring right now. And he's seconded by uh, Takamichinoku, a very young looking Takamichinoku, uh, who knew what uh, what kind of a ne'er do well he would become later in life? Uh, and there's a big <laughs> cheer for uh, for Sasuke's name announcement. Uh, Liger's name announcement is next, and he gets, I would say, a little bit of a bigger response. And it, it's it's interesting to note that because throughout, as you'll hear throughout the the review of this match, like there's there's things that Liger does to make this crowd turn against him, and it's it's a beautiful thing to see so uh early sequence sees both guys going for like positions from behind then switching to leg locks to head locks to head scissors and, and no one is able to get an advantage over one another and they they end that whole sequence at a standoff and just you know typical like uh japanese opening sequence to one of uh, to a high profile match jamesy absolutely yeah like i i would say a cautious start 
you know, uh, there's nobody kind of tearing into each other. I suppose there, there, there's no established hatred between these guys, like really, you know, it's a tournament match and you have a kind of, uh, you know, Liger is the established guy in the company coming up against this younger guy who, would I be right in saying WH, this is, this is the first time that Sasuke ever wrestled in New Japan. He yes. hadn't wrestled for them. Uh, he yeah, might, he so, might have done house so like, shows. He might have done like yeah, multi-man okay. house show matches for them. I can't recall the timeline of like when like the Michinoku Pro guys, and this includes Sasuke, Delphin, Grand Naniwa, and of course the guys from mm-hmm. the Kaintai Deluxe, uh, like Dick Togo, Taka, and, and all those guys coming in to do like working. Like on one side would have be like, you know, Liger and his crew, like El Samurai and those guys and teaming with like, you know, Naniwa and, and Delphin and Sasuke. On the other side would be like, Otani, Takaiwa, Kanemoto, like the eternal yeah. rivals of the mass dudes. And then on their side would be the, the Kaintai DX. So it, it, th- those things, like those matches, those 10 mans, 12 mans are just amazing to watch. If you can get a tape and you see that listed there, you're probably in for at least a, like, I don't know, like a three three and three quarter match for a multi-man on a new fan show in the 19, like 90s. Think about that. You know, I'm definitely not shelling out money for something similar on 2019 <laughs> New Japan show. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, as you said, like, you know, so the, the reception Sasuke gets, considering he's a new face to the crowd, is fairly amazing. You know what I mean? And like, as we will get into pretty soon, by the end of the match, he's he's a bigger deal to them, you know. So I, I let you keep going with your play-by-play anyway. Uh, so from here, Liger gets uh, Sasuke into kind of a modified surfboard while he's on the bottom. But uh, Sasuke turns that into a kind of, I don't know what how, what kind of move this is, like, like a thigh brace. He He's like basically in Liger's guard if you're an MMA fan. And he's just like pu- pu- pushing down on his thighs. So he's able to, you know, get get the, the advantage over Liger here. Uh then uh, let's see where am I? So so some more jockeying for an advantage between the two. It leads to a, a, a seated pendulum stretch from Liger on Sasuke that he then transitions into his Romero special, and then uh, Liger hits this beautiful tilt to world backbreaker into a camel clutch. So basically, Liger early in the match is just running through his like a lot of his signature moves that he would maybe normally say for maybe like five minutes or like ten minutes like later in from the normal point of like where he does it in this match. Yeah, well, I suppose we're kind of getting down to business straight away, you know, and and I suppose it's understandable from these guys' point of view, you know what I mean? Like this is a 14-man tournament all taking place in one night. You're going to be having a lot of matches, like that there isn't time for kind of unnecessary stuff in these matches like you kind of have to get to the meat of the match pretty quickly, you know. Um and to go back to like that's that's surfboard straight away that 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 Liger does, where, where he he does the one where he does the does the, the the traditional surfboard, but then he drops the hands down and cranks kind of into the, the a kind of a face lock or a chin lock, and he's like he's bending Sasuke back so much, like the poor guy is nearly bent in half. You know what I mean? So immediately you kind of have Liger establishing his dominance and his, his, I suppose, his size dominance over Sasuke. And immediately, I think, like, a great thing about this match is I feel like almost straight away from this point, the roles are defined. You have Liger being the bigger guy, the bully. He's acting like he's he's arrogant. He's, um, this is his home turf. He's the kind of the, 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 the junior ace of the home promotion. And he's kind of bullying this kind of this little indie guy who's had the temerity to come onto his his home turf and try and try and challenge him, you know. And he's you know he's being a dick basically almost from the out from the outset. And it kind of makes sense from a excuse me from a psychological point of view of, of the match itself. Like he would, of course, he's he wants to go into the finals. He's wrestled what like 
two matches already. This is his third match. He wants to go to the finals. So he's he's thinking, I got to put this guy away quickly, right? So like, I'm going to use all my yeah. signature moves, the Romero special, the Total yeah. World Backbreaker, early on to wear him out so I can put him away quickly. I don't want to wrestle like a 20-minute match because I'm going to have to face, I think, I'm trying to remember if like, if this was the second semifinal match of the night or the first one, because then he has to go face, you know, while Pegasus, Chris Ben won the final. So that anyone who's in this, in this match has got to think, Oh my God, I'm not in for a good time because I like, you know, like say what you will about Benoit. We're not going to get into that, but like that guy was a machine in the ring. So it's like, ah, from a, from a storytelling point of view, it's like, yes, it makes complete sense that he's going to hit all his big moves here. And you're right. This whole idea that he's the bully, like, you're on my home turf, you punk. But that's that's the brilliance mm-hmm. of him of his of his storytelling is because like he wants people people on his own home turf. Sumo Hall is his home, right? It's New Japan's turf. Yeah. But he wants these fans to cheer for Sasuke. And and guess what? I'm gonna spoil it though. He he succeeds. They turn Absolutely. on him. And it's because of Jason Liger. It's not you know, it's because Sasuke is a great babyface in his world, but more importantly, it's because Jushin Liger is a master professional wrestler. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. He, he has that ability that Tanahashi has where, yes, he's 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 predominantly a baby face. But like just like when Tanahashi wants to be an asshole in a match, when he does, it's it's amazing. Like and it's really, really good to watch. Yes. Liger has. I think probably he learned it from Liger. That's my. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, from here, Liger has the uh, early advantage and maintains it with a capo kick that knocks uh, Sasuke uh, out for a couple of seconds. Like, there's this point where he just hits his couple kick, and you think, okay, he should be getting up, but he's Sasuke's just lying there, selling the mm. hell out of this thing. Uh, the result is that you do hear. You think he was, do you think he was legitimately knocked out? Because he's either a great seller or he actually was a little bit knock silly for a while. Because, like, the match came to a standstill for a good 30 seconds, and like, the ref goes to check him, and he's kind of lifting his head up, and his head is just flopping back down onto the canvas. and if if it was Sasuke selling, like that's some amazing selling. Well, you know the, the what what the result of that is of like him just lying there from this capo kick is that this is where you start hearing the smattering of the fans getting behind Sasuke. Sasuke, Sasuke, mm, yeah, yeah. Sasuke. You don't hear it before this point in the match. You, this is when you start hearing it. It's like oh, like I don't think it is because like I think if he was legit knocked out, he wouldn't have been able to do like a lot of the moves that he did later. Like. True. For me, like, I mean, there is a part in the match where, like, well, maybe he was knocked out. <laughs> we'll get to that well, yeah, near the end of the review. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. no, no, I, I'm thinking it was deliberate, and I'm thinking that's something that maybe him and Liger came up with. It's like, okay, you know, we got to yeah. turn these fans against me. I'm going to just beat the shit out of you for, like, five minutes, and I'm going to, like, I'm going to pretend to knock you out. So, like, because pe- people don't want to see, like, a match end that way, right? This is a big tournament. Oh, yeah. All, all these people no way, yeah. are... This is a highly anticipated match because of the performance Sasuke did earlier in their tournament and maybe things that uh, people have seen his his work outside of New Japan and, and are excited about it. So if you have this sequence where he's just lying there and like there's a fear that the match is going to end, so they're, maybe they're cheering for him more like, like, get up, get up, continue fighting. We don't want this match to end. Like, we do, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But that, that, then that turns into like a support for Sasuke himself, doesn't it? So I'm just like... I think that I'm going to go with that because that sounds like just absolute brilliance in my part for me. Yeah, that, that that's that's the kind of amazing psychology that makes Liger the great wrestler he is, isn't it? You know, and, and like all of the things that happen in this match, and we'll talk about other things later. These have Liger's fingerprints all over them. You know, he's a wrestler that thinks about what he's doing and gives deep thought 
to how he can get a crowd to react the way he wants to. Yeah, so Sasuke does indeed recover. <laughs> Don't worry, everyone. <laughs> the match is not here. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> uh, Liger hits him with a tombstone pile driver and then transitions his, transitions into this brutal looking. I got to imagine you love this part, Jamie, Jamesy, the cross-faced chicken wing by Liger. And then he just, uh, and this is where yeah. the Sasuke calls get louder and more sustained. Um, so at this point, like Liger's really focusing on the left arm of the great Sasuke. Absolutely, yeah, and like I, I, I will. Always, one of the things that always comes to mind for me about Liger is 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 when he put when he locks on a submission. He locks on a submission in, in a way that very few wrestlers do. Like you know, like everybody uses submissions in wrestling, but when Liger puts on a submission, like he cranks that thing on big time. You know, and as you said, the chicken wing. Like when he's got the chicken wing on, he's kind of he's so demonstrative in his own movements. Like he's moving his own head. Like that long hair is flying all over the place. When he puts on, is it? It's he kind of transitions from that into a. I'm very bad at naming some of these submissions. It looks like a kind of a kimura or a double wrist lock, kind of the arms behind the back. But again, like he's he's he's. It's a bit like Kun Kawada puts on the stretch plum. Like he's absolutely shaking his whole body, like putting every ounce of his effort into trying to hurt his opponent as much as he can, and then transitions from that into the cross arm breaker. And again, you feel like he's going to pull Sasuke's arm out of its socket, almost like the way he's cranking these submissions in, you know. And all the time, the crowd sympathy is building and building for Sasuke you know and at this point it's very clear who's the dickhead in the match and who's the kind of the, the underdog hero you know what I mean um, and yeah like that's you know yeah, I think there's this misconception out there maybe from people who mightn't have seen a lot of Liger that he's a great high flyer and Liger was a great high flyer at points in his career maybe before the brain tumour and that kind of thing but Liger putting on submissions is one of the most amazing things to me in wrestling like just cranking on these submissions and yeah like I'll always like to see a little bit of limb work in a match you know so the, the, this work on the arm I really really enjoyed yeah yeah definitely that Kimura it's definitely the Kimura lock where he just like gets by, gets in front of Sasuke he gets his arm like in a wrist yeah. lock and just like just torques on it like constantly torquing on it and you, can, and you can tell the crowd is like oh my god you're you're gonna break his arm stop doing that so like this this the heat for Sasuke is is building and to his credit like we got to give Sasuke a lot of credit here his selling like his body language because he's wearing a bodysuit too he's wearing a, a mask as well like you can only see his jaw but his selling like the, the way he uses his jaw the lower half of his mouth is amazing. Yes. It's so amazing. Like you yeah. can tell, like this guy is in pain. He's like, he's like, he doesn't know if he can continue. Like you can tell, like I should just give up here. I should just give up here, but he doesn't. And like you get behind that. It's so brilliant. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And even his eyes, even his eyes behind that little mask, like you can tell so much from his eyes, you know, like I always talk about El Generico as being one of the greatest baby faces of all time, a guy who worked behind a match, behind a mask, and yet was so expressive in his body movements. And, you know, the little bit of his face, you could see how much he could express from it, you know, and, and Sasuke is exactly the same here. Like, yeah, like you really get the impression this guy is in complete agony. Like he's, you know, when he's in those submissions, he's flailing his other arm, he's flailing his legs. And yet, because he's so small and because there's such a size difference, there's actually very little he can do to get out of the submissions, you know? So you just feel like this guy is in a serious predicament here. And it's, it's almost, it's it's completely one sided at this stage, you know. It's 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 becoming kind of a match where you think, God, is Sasuke just going to get completely squashed here because he's not getting anything at all from Liger? Liger's just swarming all over him, and as we said already, our sympathy for Sasuke is just building and building all the time. 
Yeah, and like to that point, Sasuke is finally able to turn the tide of the match in his favor by catching Liger in a midair, in midair with a drop kick that sends Liger to the outside. And Sasuke follows up uh, by going to the apron and hits a beautiful, a beautiful Asai Musault from the apron. From the top, from the second rope onto Liger, who's on the floor. This is just absolutely gorgeous. But yeah, I think he does more damage to himself because he's the one who ends up crashing into the the announce table. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the thing about about Sasuke's high flying is the wildness of it. You know, as you said, like it, it is a technically beautiful Asai Moon Salt, but there's also that little bit of you. Is he quite in control of what he's doing? You know, and like, as you said, he lands hard here and he actually, it kind of works in well with the arm work because he comes up from the table as if he's hurt his elbow kind of on the table. So that that just kind of adds to the injury that he's already had. Yeah, and speaking to his wildness, uh, Sasuke gets back in the ring first and uh, as Liger gets on the apron, uh, he attempts to suplex Liger back into the ring, but instead runs him into the post. And then from there, Sasuke goes to the other corner and then from there, he gets a running start hits a running step-up planche die from the top turnbuckle onto Liger, who's on the floor. And this this is a point where, like, there's so many things that could have gone wrong here. Like, Liger's just a centimeter out of position. This would not have been good for Sasuke. But, and, or Sasuke could have slipped or whatever. But this that this sequence, again, it's, like, wild. But it's so... It just goes to, like, Sasuke's amazing coordination and, like, the gracefulness of his, like, high-flying. Like, like, these senton dives and, like, planches and... And everything else he does. Unfortunately, we did not see the the space flying tiger drop in this match. But like, it, it it's just just for me, it just reminded me like how much I loved like early '90s great Sasuke for his high flying and and everything else about him. Absolutely, yeah. Like, and sometimes you see high flyers, and they're so controlled and so technically good and so graceful that they, the moves almost lose their impact. They're so in control of their bodies that when they actually hit the move at the moment when their body hits the other guy's body, it's like, is that really hurting? Am I supposed to think that's hurting the other guy? Whereas when Sasuke hits these dives, like the impact he has with Liger, like when he goes over that ring post and hits him, like there's a really big impact. You know, you feel like he's doing damage to Liger, you know? And, you know, in terms of the story of the match, it, it feels like, Sasuke has been, you know, he's been so beaten down and he's working so much from underneath that he's having to just throw everything he can at Liger now. Like, so, he, you know, he's done that big wild assay moonsault. He's done this dive over the post. He, he's just reverting to the to the big moves almost straight away because it's almost anything he can do to kind of get even with them, you know. Oh, yeah. This is like now we're hitting like the kind of the, the beginning of the crescendo of this match. Uh, yeah. Uh, from here, Sasuke gets back into the ring first and he's able to catch Liger as he's getting back into the ring with a series of knee drops. Uh, vicious looking knee drops to, to Liger's uh, midsection. Uh, Sasuke hits a big spinning wheel kick for only a two count. He hits a power driver. Only two count. And James Z, this is like one of my favorite moves. Sasuke hits the motherfucking Thunderfire powerbomb for a one, a two. Big kick out, and this crowd is going fucking nuts now because, like, Liger just kicked out of, like, after a series of all these big high impact moves, he kicked out of one of, like, Sasuke's signature finishers. Yeah, like, and, and that's the first proper near fall of the match, I think, isn't it? Like, it's it's one of those ones where if it had been the finish, you, you would find it reasonably believable that the match could have finished at that point. As you said, the crowd completely buys it, you know, like, there's all those big oohs and ahs when Liger. Um, kicks out of it and the way Liger takes that move as well like you know he, he's not he's taking that 
bump on his neck and he sells it so well afterwards, you know. So, yeah, great moment in the match for such a little guy to be hitting this, like a big razor's edge type powerbomb and flinging him across the ring, almost like an amazing visual. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, from here, Sasuke goes to the top rope for a senton atomico, basically the, the swanton bomb. Uh, but uh, Liger moves. Uh, Sasuke hits the ropes. Liger ducks his lariat and connects with a shote. He goes for the cover, a one, a two. Sasuke kicks out. So like you're saying, we're now hearing like hitting the point where like they're just trying to end the match and they're kicking out. They're, they're not giving up. Neither of these guys is giving up. They're just going to continue this match. Uh, Liger hits to set out Liger Bomb for only a two. Again, so like he kicks out the Thunder Fire Power Bomb and Grace Sasuke is able to kick out of the, uh, the set out Liger Bomb here. Oh, and that Liger bomb, WH, Jesus Christ. That's my, that's one of the best Liger bombs I've ever seen. Like, because Sasuke is so small, like, Liger's really able to get him up, like, and he just flings him down, like, just completely releases it as he's dropping down. And, like, it just looked incredible, you know what I mean? And, like, the, the volume has completely been turned up in the crowd now, you know what I mean? Like, they're so into this match at this point, you know, they're reacting to everything. They're, you know, they're expecting that at any point any of these big moves could be the end of the match. Well, this is, I think, when the point where they start doing the Sasuke, Sasuke. Yes, and they're, they're oh my totally god, like behind him at this point. I hear nothing for Liger, really. It's all for Sasuke, and they they created their own yeah. chat for him, where they're doing the claps. Sasuke, Sasuke. I was like, oh my god, this is such a brilliant match to this point, just for like the sheer storytelling, like not just the moves, but like the way they're working the moves, and like just how Liger has turned this this New Japan crowd against him. It's so beautiful. Uh, from here, um, Liger hits uh, the top rope Frankensteiner and sits on Sasuke for the pin, but Sasuke catches him in a sunset cradle for a one and a two. Liger kicks out, and the crowd is electric. Liger, uh, check. this. Is, I, I love this part, James. Like, Liger goes to the ref. Was that two? Was that three? Did I kick out? And he's like, <laughs> uh, and I think it's Tiger Hattori. He's like, no, it's, it's a two. And he's like, so relieved. And if you notice, mm. on the outside, one of the seconds for Liger is a young Shinjiro Otani. And this is something okay. that's a signature Shinjiro Otani thing where did I get the win? Or if he if he if he kicks out, was it a two or a three? And then the look on his face of relief where it's a two, it's a two. Okay, I kicked out. This is something that Liger did a lot where he's like yeah. did, if he's pitting someone, that's a three. And he's like, yeah, I got three. And, yeah. then, and like yeah. the frustration, that's something you can tell that like Otani got from Liger, as far as I'm concerned at least. Yeah, like, and, and we talked about Sasuke being able to convey emotion from under a mask. Like here you have Liger, who's, who's, his whole body is covered, his face is covered by this mask. You shouldn't be able to tell how he's feeling, but like his, his relief when he realizes, like, like, I don't think I've ever seen a wrestler kick out of a move and check with the, like, it's usually the guy doing the pinning, like you said, that asks the ref was it not three but I don't think I've ever seen the guy who kicked out of the move actually go to the ref and check because he's not sure himself like that's amazing psychology like that's immediately kind of you know convincing you that Sasuke can beat this guy because the guy himself isn't even sure oh, yeah. what happened it, you know like that's incredible psychology and like he, he punches the air with relief you can see him visibly breathe a sigh of relief and like that ability to convey emotion and to be so expressive from behind that suit and mask is another thing like that, that, that just marks Liger aside from nearly every wrestler in history. I think he's probably like, you got to think he's wearing that bodysuit. You think that's a hindrance to like selling, but it's not like he's such a master of 
body psychology, like like conveying emotion through his body. Not even like you know, like because he and he's got yeah. a full face mask. You can't see anything. You can't see his eyes. You can't yeah. see his mouth. Yeah. It's amazing. This guy is so good. Uh, this is why I wanted to do this series, Jamesy, to to wax poetic yes. about G- the greatness of Jesus Thunder Liger. Uh, from here, uh, Liger hits a release German for only a two. He hits the Fisherman Buster only a two. So the fans are firmly behind Sasuke at this point, and 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 like Liger's just throwing everything at him. Like these are normally moves that would pin like other like maybe lesser people on the on the card uh, in New Japan. That like he would beat probably Honaga with this match with this kind of a move, or he'd beat like maybe a younger like. Otani at his point in this career with this kind of a move like the Fisherman Buster definitely Um, Liger from the apron suplexes Sasuke to the floor and I like the part that this is not like some struggle he just grabs him and he suplexes him out Mm. like I like that more (laughs) than like the you know the the two minute struggle like oh I'm gonna suplex you back in I'm gonna suplex you outside Liger this is something Liger is really good he just grabs dude he gets on the apron and he throws him outside with a suplex it's it's beautiful stuff Jamesy Absolutely, yeah. And just to go back a slight step, that German that he throws, Jesus, like I, I'm trying not to swear too much on this podcast. I don't want John away to ban us from the podcast for swearing too much. But geez, that 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 German suplex, a released German suplex, and he literally throws him halfway across the ring, like one of the best German suplexes I've ever seen. Just ragdolls the guy around. And from that fisherman's buster as well, like that's the biggest, that's the loudest the crowd. Every time there's a kick out now, the volume's going up and up and up. And like that fisherman's buster is definitely the loudest crowd reaction so far. Yeah, and and from here, like Liger, from like so he suplexes Sasuke to the floor. He Liger then climbs to the top, uh, Tarbuckle, and hits this amazing cross body block time onto Sasuke, who's on the floor. The height he gets on this, this is like similar to what we would see later on from like Tanahashi with his high fly flows from from the top turnbuckle to the outside. This is you you can tell. Jushin Thunder Liger is one of like Hiroshi Tanahashi's like favorite wrestlers. He's got to be an inspiration for this man. Yeah, and even in the course of our conversation, we're picking out little things that you can see Tanahashi doing, like, you know, so like we've seen the full range of Liger in this match. Like we saw the mat work at the start. We saw the amazingly kind of vicious um, submission holes and that kind of thing. We've seen his personality. We've seen his expressiveness and that crossbody, like just, you know, just a little reminder that, yes, like as well as everything else, he still is an incredible high flyer. Okay, and so we get back into the ring and and Jamesy, why don't you finish out the, the rest of the review because we're, we're kind of pretty much at the finish now okay so he's where, where did we get to he had done the crossbody yeah and so they're and back in the ring and Liger hits this yeah. popo kick that that that's that yes. onto Sasuke again and Sasuke's on the apron at this stage and Liger's in the ring and Sasuke's on the apron and uh, Liger hits the capo kick and kind of at this point, like his arrogance, he's been really arrogant and his, his cockiness is back. Like he kind of lost the cockiness at that point that we talked about where he thought he'd lost the match and the cockiness went for a while. But now he feels like he's back in control and the cockiness has come back and he turns, he makes the fatal error of turning his back on Sasuke and Sasuke's on the outside. So Sasuke tries to do some kind of a springboard move into the ring to hit on, on Liger when Liger turns around. Um, I think he was probably going for the Mysterio Rana. I don't know if you have any theories on that or maybe just a springboard drop kick. I'm not sure. But whatever he was going for, it doesn't work out. And he kind of slips on the ropes and lands face first in the ring. And in an instant, the minute it happens, Liger laughs. Now, again, he's he's a guy who's behind a mask. 
So how can you tell he's laughing? But like you can see him, he nearly holds his belly and rocks his head back and laughs. He sarcastically applauds Sasuke. The crowd almost kind of has a murmur of kind of a bit of concern and also kind of laughing as well almost. And in that moment, Liger drops his guard for a second. And um, Sasuke jumps up, gets the Rana into a pinhold and gets the three count and the crowd erupts. Yeah, and and like you'll see this camera pan of like the kind of like upper section of the of the floor section of of Sumo Hall, and there's some fans who are like, "Oh, Liger lost," or, and they're not happy about it. But the majority of the fans are like cheering wildly for this yeah, win, jumping around. And, yeah, and to yeah, go back, absolutely. I I'm thinking like I think it might have been like like the you know the the Dragon Rana or the Mysterio Rana that you're talking about. But one of his signature moves, like Sasuke's signature moves, was this like drop kick to the back, like springboard mm, drop kick yeah. to the back of his opponent's like shoulder or neck. So I'm thinking he was going to go for that and then for the Rana. But I just think. Like in that moment, like let's let's be honest. In two, in 2019, there's a lot of wrestlers at any stage, like whether it's the independence, or whereas whether it's at like an MLW level, or whether it's like an Impact level, or or as high up as like the WWE, right? Like the quote unquote big leagues, where there are wrestlers who wouldn't know what the fuck to do in that situation. They'd be like, uh, oh yeah, uh, they, Liger. Okay, in a split second, I'm gonna make I'm gonna do what's natural. I'm gonna make fun of this guy. And then that's yeah. his downfall, and it's brilliant because, like, you got I like I'd almost think that this was planned, that the slip was planned, you know, the way it's brilliantly yeah. safe. That's here. the debate I've heard before. Yeah, yeah, I have heard people put that theory forward, and like, it, it actually doesn't matter if if the slip was planned. It's one of the most incredible pieces of wrestling psychology of all time to actually purposely do a botch in a high profile match like that. That's brilliant. But if it's just a genuine slip, then Liger's reaction is maybe the greatest cover up in wrestling history because he, he in an instant he just laughs and applauds and furthers the story of the match. You know what I mean? And to my mind, this finish, like I, I, I read some I read some articles about this match and some reviews of the match doing my research for the podcast. And I saw some people docking at half a star because of the botch. And to my mind, you add a half star for this botch like this finish makes the match better and makes the match more memorable and like the, the, you know I hadn't watched this match in maybe 10 or 15 years before watching it again for this podcast I didn't remember much of the of, of the meat and the bones of the match up till but I remember the finish the finish will always stay with me like I think that moment where Liger claps sarcastically is one of the greatest moments of his 35 year career the fact that he thought so quickly on his feet and the fact that he like and think about the botch as well, like think of the punishment Sasuke has taken. You know, he's been dropped on his head multiple times. He's taken huge Liger bombs, suplex to the outside just before that match. He took that capo kick that nearly knocked him out. So doesn't it kind of make sense that he would botch the move? Like he's probably disoriented. He's probably a little bit dizzy. He's probably exhausted. This is the second match of the night he's wrestled. So the fact that, you know, him doing a botch fits in with the story of the match you know what i mean and the botch makes the whole thing better to my mind oh i totally agree with you like if people are deducting like uh, half a star for the botch well i'm gonna i'm gonna add two stars for the belly laugh you know <laughs> absolutely that's a two-star like, belly laugh james you know what i mean <laughs> the two-star yeah. belly laugh yeah but this is you know what's great about this this is one of those matches that you can go back and you can like just get granular right you can just go through it with a fine-tooth comb maybe that wasn't a botch okay because all this other stuff would make sense that that he would fall yeah, on his face. Exactly. 
But they, yep. they, they like also give credit to Sasuke. His recovery, like he just goes into whatever the planned finish was, whether the botch was included in that or not, or whether it was actually a botch. But and he pins him, and it, and the, it's a perfect finish. Like like I can't like maybe at the time if I saw it at the time, it was like oh he fucked that up. But now I'm just like watching it. I'm thinking. I don't know if that was planned or not because it's very possible that it was because like these two are are geniuses. They're wrestling like legends. They're geniuses. They like Liger is legit. Probably in the top five smartest people ever to grace you know the wrestling business. Mm. Absolutely, and like I, I, I rewound it countless times, looking to see could I see a moment. You know the way you might see two wrestlers call it and kind of go, you know. You know, you see them, you often see wrestlers having a little chat in the ring or having a little word with each other, you know, calling like we better go straight to the finish. There's no sign of them saying anything to each other or or giving each other any kind of an indication that they should go for the finish. So the whole thing happens very naturally and very organically. And as you said, like it in no way diminishes this match. It enhances it tenfold. And like, as I said, if you were to say to me of Liger's 35 year career, pick out a moment that sums him up and sums up his greatness the most. I would probably pick this moment and his reaction to, to, to what happened to Sasuke, you know, thinking on his feet and, and again, being so expressive and being so demonstrative from under the mask. Like we talked about it earlier with, with that near fall. It's the same thing again here. You know, as you said, he literally holds his belly and laughs like, and it's like, how can you tell that a guy under a mask is laughing and yet he convinces us that he's doing it? You know what I mean? So I just think, yeah, as I said, like I, I was so happy when when you said to me this match was still on the table because you, you said to me pick a Liger match and I assumed Liger Sasuke would have been the first one picked you know what I mean because this is the match I think of when I think about Liger and this is the match I think of when I think about how great he is no like I was you know I was surprised that it had been picked like I, I don't I can't remember like what number you were in terms of like emailing or DMing people to, to be a part of this but like it, it was like this is going to be, I think, like episode 10 or 11. I'm not saying what episode numbers these are because, like, just in case we want to move things around. But, yeah, um, yeah like, maybe it's it's similar to the order that I, I asked people uh, or who got back to me even. Um, but this was still on the table and you wanted to do this match. Like, I, I, I figured it was either going to be this match. Like, when I'm thinking, who's going to pick what? I, I definitely knew Benno was going to pick the Brian Danielson match from ROH, right? <laughs> yeah. That's his wheelhouse, Pretty on brand, right? wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I thought absolutely. for you, okay, he's either going to pick, it's likely you're going to pick this match from, from the J-Cup, or you're going to pick a Shinjiro Otani match. Because, like, I could just see Shinjiro Otani being, like, you're kind of a wrestler. Absolutely, yeah. Exactly. That would have been, I would have picked something that would have been maybe more mat-based and more ground-based for sure. Like, But, yeah, as I said, I, I just think this this is just an iconic Liger match. And this this is the moment of that 35-year career. Like, this is it for me. And uh, to wrap things up for this match review, uh, like, I thought, people know my thoughts. I, I've reviewed this entire show with John way before. You, it's out there in the uh, the ether of the internet. You can go find that. Uh, I wax poetically. I, I, I love this match so much. And watching it again, I was just reminded of, like, you know, it's, the, the other thing is, is, Jamesy, like, I found things I didn't notice before in this match. That's how great it is. That's how great. I go back and I think, I, I didn't notice that before. My God, this is amazing. Oh yeah, there's like there's a lot of little things in this match, and like you know anyone who listens to me regularly on the BWE, at this stage of my wrestling fandom, I, I you know I like the big high spots and I like the big moves and all that kind of thing, but I get great satisfaction in finding little things in matches. You know what I mean? So 
those submission holes at the start that are cinched in so well and the viciousness with which they're applied, that reaction that Liger does when when he's nearly pinned, um, the capo kick to, to Sasuke and how long he stays down and the way the ref is trying to pick his head up and it just flops back to the mat. These are little things that, that, that I get great satisfaction out of from a wrestling fan. Like, And it's it's a match. Like I, I watched it actually, I think it was three times in total in the last few days. And like it was, you know, I would ne- I never go back and watch matches. I, I usually watch a match once and that's it. And I had no problem sitting through this match three times. It's an incredibly rewarding match and you get more from it every time you look back. And to me, that's the sign of a really great match. Well, I didn't think, you know, like, you know, like as many reviews as I've done into the series now, like, like I, I find that's a very common theme throughout a lot of Liger's matches. Like there's a lot of things that you can like fine tooth comb that like you know the, the first five minutes the, the you know the middle five minutes to the the last five minutes of each match there's like oh things build up on it there's it's a it's like a cake his matches are like a cake there's like layers and layers and layers upon mm-hmm. them and he's just and it, a lot of that has to do with his opponents too of course but a lot of that i'm gonna say like you know 65 percent of that is is liger is like he's such a genius he's such an amazing technical wrestler high flyer but just as a psychologist like the psychology of wrestling I, I can, you know, argue with anyone like it's 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 evolved or it's changed. But I do think to some degree it's it's lost from like the, the era of the nineties of like people like, you know, Liger and, and like Misawa and, and like Kijimuto and his prime. It it doesn't exist as pre- it's not as prevalent as it is back in the nineties, if, if if you know what I'm saying here, James. Absolutely, yeah. And like again, you know, I, I I find myself frustrated a lot when I watch modern wrestling. Uh, like you talked about the first five minutes of matches. I get very frustrated. Uh, and it's it's a criticism you could level at, at, at modern New Japan, I think, in particular, where you feel like wrestlers are, are just getting through the first five or 10 or even 15 minutes of longer matches. It's like they feel like they just have to get through that to get to the good stuff at the end. You know what I mean? And to get to the kind of the big moves and the big pinfalls and on and your big, you know, those lovely New Japan finishing stretches that they do now. And like to to me, I'm more drawn to the wrestlers who put the time and effort into making those first ten or fifteen minutes interesting. And like that's why I would always hold up Liger as one of the all-time greats because he always did things in his matches to make those opening sequences of his matches really, really interesting. And again. It's a comparison we've made twice already on this podcast. The guy in New Japan who does that best nowadays is Tanahashi. And like, it's interesting that the more we talk about Liger today, the more we see kind of that it's Tanahashi is the guy who has taken on a lot of his great habits and that kind of thing into the modern era. Yeah, definitely. And I kind of liken it like, you know, a Liger match, like something like this match goes like 18 minutes and nine seconds. So just under 20 minutes, but basically your average 20 20 minute Liger match is like binging a, a really intricately written like TV series. Whereas like some of the matches you see nowadays are like, well, that's uh yeah, that's just like a, a, you know, monster of the week, you know, show on Fox, Fox or, or CBS or something like that. It's like, you can get through it. We don't have, it doesn't build on anything. It's just next onto the next monster. This, this, these matches like with Liger in this era are basically, Oh, we got to refer back to episode seven because that informs what's happening here in episode 14. Ah, that's the same with like what's what's happening in minute like you know 13. Point, you know 52 is what is is referring back to something he did at in minute 3.17, you know. 
Absolutely. And I think the other thing it proves is that you don't need to go beyond 30 minutes to have a great match. Like this is 18 minutes. I, I don't know if you agree with that with WH, but I, I think this is a five star match. Personally, I, I can't fault this match in any way whatsoever. And it just proves that that like you don't need to have a bloated epic which we see like most of the matches that get so highly rated by people these days are, are what I call bloated epics where people are going well beyond 30, 40 minutes now, filling those matches with so much stuff. Whereas you can have a match like this where I feel like they very much pick their spots. Like they weren't going crazy. They weren't doing things just for the sake of them. They fill their 18 minutes well and it proves you can have a great match in that time limit. You don't need to go so long all the time and it really frustrates me about modern wrestling. This this pathological need to kind of, the idea that long is good. Anything that isn't long isn't good and that just drives me mad these days, you know. I think you're going to find in 2019 and coming up on 2020 that the promotion or even the wrestler who is able to have a match that is like less than 20 minutes and still feel like it's an epic is going to be mm. the guy or woman who gets like super over and it's going to be like like stand out from everyone else in, in wrestling because you're right it's like a lot of people whether it's in it's in Japan or in North America or in the UK it's people want to have okay we can have a minimum 30 minutes and it's kind of legacy of of japanese wrestling from the 90s and from the the 2000s like that that's conditioned people to think like this but it's it's not it hasn't always been like that and and i think one of the, the the last points i want to make about about this match is that it's only 18 minutes and 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 i say that but it, it didn't feel like it was 18 minutes it felt longer in the sense in a good sense it felt like it was an epic yeah. you know war that would you normally would feel goes to like 30 minutes but it wasn't it was like half that time. and But at the same time, it breezed by. It felt like a longer match because of the scope of it, but it was, but also went by so quickly. And this is so common in a lot of the, the Liger matches. Go back to my review that I did with Daniel Makabe with, about the Shinjiro Otani match. Go back to the, the review I even did with like the aforementioned uh, Brian Danielson match review I did with, with Benno. Like, these matches go by so quickly just because he is such an enjoyable wrestler to watch in the ring, I feel. Absolutely. Yeah. And like that's that's what I want from my wrestlers nowadays, you know, and, and the list, the list of wrestlers who I could say do that now, I, I feel is diminishing more and more, you know, and like you talked about the influence of Japanese wrestling, like it's also the influence of, I suppose, of critics and wrestling critics. And like there has definitely been a move towards rewarding long matches and like you know if you go 40 minutes you're guaranteed a minimum of, of, of four stars just because you went 40 minutes you know what I mean and ignoring the fact that maybe 20-25 minutes of that 40 nothing happened you, you couldn't remember it afterwards you know what I mean and so many times I see people criticizing critiquing a match and they'll say something like um, you know wasn't great for the first 25 but the last the last 15 were excellent four and three quarter stars and I'm kind of sitting there going hold on now more than half of that match nothing happened and you're saying it's almost a perfect match and I just I just can't understand it when you have matches like this where everything counts everything matters and as you said it simultaneously feels long and epic and at the same time passes in an instant you know it's it, it it's that that's an incredibly rare thing in wrestling to be able to do that it is and, and with that let's let's wrap up this review uh jamesy where can people find more of you if they've enjoyed uh you talking with me here on uh, thunderstruck 
My Twitter is at Jamesy underscore 2015 and you can find me every fortnight on the Post Wrestling Network with my friends uh, Benno and Martin Bushby on the British Wrestling Experience. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yes, and, and just to spoil things, like I, I have reached out to Jamesy and uh, people who like the Krill Summer Series and I said I would do, I will, I will do one every an episode every year covering the the finals of of the the previous year's uh, G one finals. So so Jamesy is is going to be the the, the co host on the next episode of Cruel Summer next August. If we're if we're still <laughs> taking, like, if we're still talking to each other, if we're, if we're still friendly with each other, oh, we will. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel like we we mightn't be as agreeable on that one as we were on this match. I think we might have we have differing viewpoints on a certain man who was in that match. Am I right? <laughs> I think you like Jay White a lot more than I do, but that's good. That's going to make for excellent podcast, better, isn't it? Exactly. It's that's for good. Yeah. I have this debate with John Pollock all the time. Like, you know, like he he's a big fan of Jay White. I I am not, but we'll we'll save that for then. Uh, definitely, we, we exactly, definitely follow yeah. uh, Jamesy on Twitter, and definitely follow him, Benno, and Martin over at the British Wrestling Experience. One of my favorite podcasts. I love the work you guys do. The the interactions and the chemistry you have with with Benno and with Martin is amazing. And I, I like when you have different guests on uh of course our, our some of our friends from uh the grapple spotlight uh podcast come on like jp your your fellow irishman oh, yeah. uh and, my fellow irishman jp absolutely and, and of course uh will cooling from the pw torch uh, v, uh podcast uh doing the bridge stuff he's a usual guest on on the british wrestling experience just a great show i i love it i i keep up with the british wrestling scene or and the irish wrestling scene through you guys as well and of course the the stuff that the uh, uh Andy Ogden does for the undergraps portion of the show uh, once a month. Great stuff. Uh, check me out at uh, WH Park 9. Check me out on uh, Post Perez with John Pollock every month. And uh, until the next episode, I will say to everyone, goodbye. <laughs>